and welcome everybody to Mind Your Own Retirement. This is podcast number three. I'm John Deeks, but more importantly, this is Kay Fallick, the publisher of Your Life Choices website. Hello there, Kay. Hello, John. Nice to see you again. We had a great response to podcast number two. Yes, yes, and lots of questions coming in and lots of interesting topics being suggested. Some of them are a bit Racy. Oh, tell me what some of the racy ones are. Oh, well, Janelle wants... Now, Janelle, to, explain who Janelle is. Janelle, our digital newsroom editor, yeah. feels we have to, quote, visit the sex poll. I didn't know you had one at work. I know you've got a puppy dog. <laughs> I know you've got some fantastic stuff. But where's that kept? Ooh, I'm not sure. Maybe it's in Janelle's cupboard. <laughs> Don't make me spit my coffee over. I think I think she means uh, let's have a look at the survey responses. Okay. Well, I mean, um, in all seriousness, um, sex and sexual health is is very important from all ages, um, and there is there is no age. The when you talk about invisibility and uh, being invisible, certainly sex as you get older is something that is quite invisible to a lot of people, but it's something that's now being looked at and being um, acknowledged because uh, there is no age limit to one's own you know, sexual... Please help me out here, Kay, any time you want. <laughs> Just staring well, at me. Well, you know, it's... <laughs> I was wondering where the heck is this boy going? I was wondering where we were. But you going. know what I mean. You're never too old, all right? You're never too um, old. The sad fact is, people think that sex stops because you're old. I mean, and it's it, like when we were kids, we couldn't imagine our parents having sex. I don't think my parents did. I think they bought me <laughs> <laughs> off a shelf somewhere. Exactly. So you you don't think of that, do you? I mean, you don't acknowledge it, no. and because it feels creepy. Um, that said, it's such an important mm. topic. Mm. We're not talking about it today no, because we, we should do we a whole issue on it. We will. We, we can do the whole podcast with uh, Janelle and her, and her poll. And her sex poll. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, hasn't, this, hasn't this podcast gone <laughs> in an interesting place we never thought it would? Mind your retirement is what you're tuned into, folks, and uh, thank you so much indeed for, for joining us. If you haven't uh, told all your friends about mind your retirement, then tell them to go to Your Life Choices uh, website and um, and make sure you click on. So what are we talking about today? Well, just as a catch-up, what's happening, my very best friend and partner in crime, David, went to Port Ferry a week or so ago. Did you know he was going? <laughs> yes, I did. I actually booked him oh, did you? to come with me. Oh, well, good, good, good. <laughs> I asked him nicely and he said yes. And off we drove with Ebony, the dog, to mm. the Shipwreck Coast, which is beautiful. And there's the most amazing museum down on the foreshore oh. with volunteers who keep it going. And there I purchased for 50 cents a copy of Granny Bonnet's Week. Granny Bonnet's Week. Have you got it there? I have. Can I have a quick look at the... Well, says it? I guess so. so. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Granny Bonnet's Week. This is the story... Uh, this story is an account of the working week of Mrs. Susan Greenwood, in uh, brackets, Bonnet of Rosebook, as recalled by one of her great granddaughters. So, how? What year are we talking about? Oh, that's a very good Granny question. Bonnet. And we're talking about 1958. We're talking about the 1858. No, no, no. I think I think we're talking. I think Granny Bonnet's week, and this is why I bought it. And I bought two copies because I'm a woman of great wealth, right? Yeah, so of that so made a whole, a whole dollar. dollar yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I bought a copy for my mum because I remember as a very young child, three years old, four, going and visiting my nana, Gladys, and Nana's week was structured exactly the same way, and I loved it. Give me an example of Granny Bonnet's week. So Monday was washing day. Mm. And Monday is washing day. Tuesday yes. is... Yeah, there's a song <laughs> it's about that, isn't it? Day. Yeah, ironing. Exactly. So Monday you're washing and hopefully drying. Tuesday you're ironing. But how they were doing it, we're using the copper boilers oh, yeah. and shaving yeah. soap yeah. and... And maybe a mangle if you're really... Good. The mangle. My nana used to let me turn the mangle. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to use the iron, as you can imagine. Um, they starched the shirts with a mix of sugar and water or right. flour and water. Wow. I think I got that wrong. Flour yeah. and water. Um, Wednesday was more housekeeping day. Thursday was sweeping day. Um, <sighs> even sweeping carpet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no vacuum Can you cleaner. imagine the dust? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But imagine being asthmatic. Not a good oh, look. Oh, no. Friday was baking day. And my nana was a member of... A... CWA? No. No, we love the CWA. But my nana was a member of the Returned Sailors and Soldiers yes. Mothers Association. And she would bake industrial scale... Um, cakes, you know, passion fruit, sponge and scones and little tarts and and so on. And she would do it on the old oven, coal-fired. Yeah. And I just remember... Didn't have a kookaburra? No, I don't think she did. No, that would have been before kookaburra. Possibly. It was very old school in Nana's house, Mm. which I loved. How, How? I wonder how they possibly were able to regulate. I mean, God bless them. The heat. Yeah, because they would have just known she did. how much... Which, which briquette yeah, of coal. Yeah, exactly. She was the best cook in the world. But thinking about this when I read Granny Bonnet's week, I loved the structure and it just felt like a, a, a calmer and more organised life. That's all. It just all came back to me. So there you go. I would love to know what year we're talking of here. I'm going to find that out. Okay. I will update. So if if can you possibly put this up on your website? Yeah, for Notice, sure. I will I ask permission. People, yeah, yes. Because I don't yes. want to be sued by Mrs. <laughs> by Granny Susanna. <laughs> great grandchild. <laughs> no. But it would be wonderful to, to have that put up as a uh, a bit of an example of... Uh, too much fun. Yeah, too much and fun. And if I can't get copyright from Port Ferry Historical Society, I will put up Granny Gladys's week because I'm allowed to write that one. Yeah. You're listening to uh, Your Life Choices Mind Your Own Retirement podcast with Kay Fallick, the publisher, and, uh, and me, John Deeks, here uh, doing whatever the hell I do. Um, we're going to come back after this break. And what is our first major subject for this podcast? Well, we start with retirement income, John. And because we're hard on the heels of the end of the financial year, what changes will matter for retirees from July 1? Stay with us back after this. Folks, I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now, this is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pension payments and supplements. It's very well priced at just $29.95 per year. Visit 
pensionchecker.com.au and make today the day you take control of your income with your life choices, Pension Checker. Welcome back to Mind Your Own Retirement with Kay Fallock, the publisher of Your Life Choices website and e-news. And please, as we always say, if you, uh, you're you obviously on the website now, and we thank you for that, but in, do encourage your friends to join the family on Your Life Choices website. Let's return now with Kay, and uh, we're talking about uh, things financial. End of financial year and all, madame. Exactly. And for many people, end of financial year, E-O-F-Y, is all about tax returns. But more importantly for retirees or those planning retirement, a number of changes will affect retirement income from the 1st of July. Such as? Well, here's a very quick roundup, John, but... As always with legislative changes, the devil's in the detail. So we would urge people to go to our website and have a look under retirement income to read the detail that's relevant to them. In the meantime, here's a quick snapshot. So there's a change to the work bonus and pensioners can earn slightly more money up to 300 a fortnight before that income is assessed by the pension, age pension income test. So it's up to how much now? Up to 300 a fortnight. Okay. So in previous times, you could earn annually up to 6500 a year before it was assessed. Mm. It's now 7800 It's not a lot, but... Another level, if you're on a full pension and it's another 1300 a year you're able to earn, mm. that's pretty good. That's right. Um, that's a, that can be hopefully like a, a trip or a yeah. little holiday away to Port Ferry or something. Or maybe some peace of mind. Yes. Next change is the pension loan scheme. Now, this is a biggie. So from 1 July, um, the pension loan scheme has been expanded that pretty well anyone in retirement, almost anyone in retirement, can apply for it. And it will, the government will lend against your asset, your home, up to 150% of the maximum fortnightly age pension amount. It's massive. This is a lot of money. I'm just going to throw out a beware note here that if you borrow that money, that can be assessed as an asset and you might lose your pension. So Ah. you must take advice, and I think the government is saying this as well, before you apply for that pension loan scheme. Is there advice available on your life choices or do you recommend people that they could go and talk to? We would always uh, redirect people to those who are qualified to Mm. give financial advice. We have general information that helps people understand it. Okay. So um, you, you quite often hear commercials for companies who say, you know, you're sitting on a lot of money, but you're not using yes, it, uh, yes, and it reverse yeah. mortgages and all those sorts totally. of things. Yeah, are they are they not to be pursued? Would you would you personally prefer to go with what the government 
are offering or? I think people should consider all and they must take uh, qualified advice Mm. on this. But this is for many people, I think they would feel a sense of security that the loan was coming from the government. All right, just very slowly, just tell me that again. Mm. So I've got a house that, say, maybe I've I've paid off and it's, um, say, worth half a million dollars. Yep. So if I want and but I don't have much cash. Yep. What do I do? What would I do? I mean, apart from going to a registered, uh, qualified advisor. Well, first of all, inform yourself about the expanded pension loan scheme. Mm. And have a look at the terms and conditions, and they're not that complex to be fair to the government who's brought this in, but it does allow most people to borrow against their asset, the home. The reason, because the government doesn't want more and more people applying for a pension, it it. wants us to self-fund by dipping into our own asset. That's probably fair. Yeah. All righty. Well, look, uh, go to Your Life Choices where you are right now and uh, have a look at that uh, drop down for retirement income advice. What else have you got there? Uh, Two more things. The next one is lifetime income products. There's new means testing rules introduced again. They came in on the 1st of July. And they are too complex to summarise. However, what I think is the most important thing here, if you have a lifetime retirement income stream, check with your advisor or check online whether in your particular case a change has occurred. Okay. They're very particular detail, John, um, grass-growingly. As, uh, <laughs> as you said, the devil's in the detail. The devil's always in the detail, but if you do have such a product, you must check now to see if the new rules apply to you. And the last thing? Last but never least, um, there's new laws which require super funds to report um, inactive low balance accounts to the tax office. Again, if your um, super, you haven't accessed it or done anything with it for a while, it is highly likely the attached insurance premium will be cancelled, right? Oh, not by you. Mm, but... um, so you will need to consider if you have a low inactive super account, if you think you need the insurance that is attached to that, get onto it now. For more information, go to yourlifechoices.com.au if you're not there already and look up retirement income for more information. We're going to come back after this and we're going to talk health with Jason Lee. You've got a lot of living to do in retirement. Are you confident you can pay for it? A Challenger Lifetime Annuity can complement your super and the age pension, giving you guaranteed income for life, regardless of how the share markets perform or how long you live. So like thousands of other retirees, you too can look forward with confidence. Find out more at challenger.com.au. Before investing, consider whether a Challenger Annuity is appropriate for you. Read the PDS from Challenger at challenger.com.au. On Mind Your Own Retirement, it's time to talk health with Jason Lee, physiotherapist from Malvern East Physio. Greetings to you, Jason. How are you, John? I'm very well indeed, and say a hello to, to the lovely Kay Fallick. Hi, Kay. How are you? 
Oh, Jason, I'm well. And do you know the reason you're here? What's the reason why I'm here, okay? You're here because I credit you with my better health. And I Ooh. say that very Ooh. sincerely. The pressure's on then, Kay. I better, I better say the right <laughs> what, thing. What has then. Jason done to make you so healthy? Kay? Well, I've probably been going to Jason's physio clinic for, I'm going to guess, about five years. And I started Pilates there. But I, if I have any issues with neck or back or whatever, yeah. I go and see Jason and he gives me exercises not to keep me going back to him but to solve my problem, to get better core strength, to really move it so I don't lose it. So you're more you're more of a flexible woman than you ever were. I I would like to say that. <laughs> I bet you are. Jason, tell me what are some of the biggest complaints or problems that people over 65 suffer from? A wide variety of things, John. Um, probably the most common things that we see are probably spinal pain that includes neck and back pain. That's probably uh, a large percentage of the population. Also, the other things that are quite common involve arthritic-type conditions. They can include things like uh, hip or knee arthritis in the lower limb. Um, Shoulders can be quite common as well. A lot of these conditions, if we do the right things, it doesn't necessarily mean doom or gloom. Um, There are a lot of things that we can do before they become problematic. And even as Kay was saying, we can often get people out of trouble in inverted commas and get them back on track. So, Jason, our point of view at Your Life Choices is always preventative. And what John doesn't know is that you've been a presenter at our retirement boot camps many times. And you have a very particular point of view, and I'm hoping you can snapshot this for us, about the way older adults can think about their physical mobility, which ultimately is about their long-term independence. It really does come back down to exercise. We talk a lot, and I think there's a current uh, cliche or saying going out at the moment, saying exercise is medicine. But in essence, it really, really is true. We know there's a wide variety of benefits uh, of exercising. They include physical, mental, and even emotional benefits. But the real key or the real challenge for anyone is finding what's going to be the best solution for them. So what we often talk about with anyone is finding something that's very enjoyable, but equally important needs to be practical as well. So whether that be exercising at home, uh, whether that be exercising with friends, or even going somewhere to exercise, we know that in order to get the best benefit of any exercise, the most important thing is that you've actually got to be able to do it consistently. Because if there isn't any consistency with exercise, A, there's not going to be any benefit. Uh, but secondly, if we exercise haphazardly, we actually know there's actually a higher risk likelihood of injury. And we know, and it's human nature, and I'm exactly the same, if I hurt myself exercising, A, it means I'm going to be out of action, but it also means more than likely I don't want to exercise either. So it's about finding that fine balance between something that's practical, but equally has to be enjoyable as well. So for the people who are listening who can't necessarily get to Malvern East Physio, What's a starting point? That's a great question, Kay. Uh, and, and you're right. It's about finding what we start with. Uh, and probably a good snapshot or a good starting point is to think about what an exercise program needs to entail. Um, so I like to think of, uh, I've called them and those that have been to the retirement expo before have heard of my five pillars of exercise. Uh, they're essentially five aspects of any exercise program. 
that we want to include over the week. And these include cardiovascular exercise. Uh, it includes resistance or strength training, um, core exercises or some flexibility work, um, some form of weight-bearing exercise, as well as some form of balance. Now, there won't necessarily be one perfect exercise. Most of the time, it's going to cover off all those five pillars. But there is a wide variety of exercises that people can start with. So I'll give an example of walking. So we know that walking, people say, can be a fantastic exercise. I'd argue walking, if done well, covers multiple pillars. So, for example, walking is a fantastic weight-bearing exercise. Um, but it's also equally, if done well, a great cardiovascular exercise. But the thing to think about with walking in particular, if we're going to start with a walking program, whether that be around the block or whether it be for a certain period of time, is it also comes back to the intensity of how hard we walk. So for those at home who want to start with a walking program, one of the best ways to start with when we think about the intensity or how far or how fast people should be walking, I like to use a talk test. And that's essentially if we were walking together, Kay, if I asked you a question, I'd probably hope that you can give me a sentence back or one or two words. But if you're so short of breath that you can only give me a quick one word, a quick two word answer, we're probably working a little bit too hard. Now, over time, that will get easier and easier and we can either walk further or we can walk quicker. Um, but that's a really, really good starting point at home that people could be doing from a cardiovascular point of view. So that's a great start. Um, and I think that's something we can all do. We are all, hopefully, most of us, <laughs> are capable of walking. So it's a great question in your annual health check, yes. which we know everybody is doing with their GP. So just one question before we go. What is your favourite form of exercise? Uh, I'm currently running. Uh, I'm doing a fair bit of running. I've recently um, been reinvigorated with some motivation. I'm actually training for a half marathon. So I've decided I actually better do some running beforehand. So each morning I try and uh, get out there and run, uh, run around the block or sort of uh, run on some of the lovely pubs that we have here in Melbourne. So we should check you whether you can still speak afterwards. Ideally, yes. So certainly <laughs> there's periods of time where I'm probably speechless. Um, but ideally, a lot of my training, I've been trying to train smarter. I should be able to speak at various points in time. Good luck with the marathon. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jason. Jason Lee, physiotherapist from the Malvern East Physio. And uh, you can find our tips on health and exercise and much more on the yourlifechoices.com.au website. And as Kay mentioned, it's time to go travelling. Well, after talking about your money and your health, let's uh, now go travelling, Kay Fallick. Where are we off to? Let's hit the road and we're off to anywhere in the world, John. Fantastic. You sent uh, you and your husband, well, you, no, you didn't send your husband to Port Ferry. <laughs> you and your husband went to Port Ferry. We did. And had a lovely time. Um, give, me some, give me some tips. Well, what I really would like to talk about is the first thing you should do when you book Let's say we're going overseas. When you book your airfare, what do you do next? Well, I always make sure I get an up. Uh, I uh, get uh, <laughs> travel insurance. Oh, you know the answer. Well, of course I, you do. I do, but it's um, travel insurance for more senior members of the community can be so prohibitive mm. that it uh, can actually affect their. Uh, desire or their uh, cost effectiveness of going overseas. Yeah. Look, it can, but when we survey our members, more than three quarters say to us they will not travel overseas without it. Oh, yeah. 
and they're right. Absolutely. And we liaise with Smart Traveller a lot, which is part of the Department of Trade and Foreign Affairs. Sure, sure. And they are smart. They're well-named there. So they've given us some information, which I think is really interesting for older people who want to travel. Enlighten us. I will. I will. I'm just dying to tell you that in the year 2016 to 7, nearly 11 million Australian residents went overseas. That's a lot of people. By destination... Guess which other country they visited? New Zealand. You got it <laughs> across the Dutch. New Zealand. Yep, yep, that was it. Number two. I didn't know the answers to this, by the way, but this is purely a guess. Uh, number two. Uh, number two, number two, New Zealand. Um, well, uh, probably Asia. Uh, that's not a country. Well, that's Sorry, not, John. Isn't it? No, no. no. Oh, oh. Pick, ba- pick, uh, pick well, a country kids, in Asia. The kids would go to Bali. I Got guess. it. Was it Bali? Indonesia? Yeah. Well done. Okay. Number three. If you get number three, I'll give you a bottle of Pinot. Oh, number three. <laughs> um, I am thinking probably Europe. USA. USA. Okay. Yeah. UK comes after that. So that is across the board in Australia, older Australians. I would have thought cruises would be number one. For older Australians, for sure. Well, who are you yeah. talking about? I'm talking about the population. <laughs> okay. I'm only talking about us over 65s. <sighs> okay. So a lot of people aged 50 plus were travelling and Smart Traveller have shared some information that agrees with your point that comprehensive travel insurance is pretty well the first thing you do when you've worked out the airfare, where you want to go. Um, What you need to think about are three things. Where you're going, literally the countries you're visiting, because that affects your insurance. The activities you have planned, zip lining, Mm. cooking classes... Riding motorbikes around in Bali without a helmet. Um, And, sadly, pre-existing or current medical conditions. So you have to be across what's going on there and you have to declare that on your travel insurance because it won't be valid unless you do. When Smart Traveller um, surveyed Australians about their travel insurance policies, Many of them were not certain about the countries their insurance was covering. So a lot of people... um, So is that where a good travel agent would come into play? Totally, yeah. And and say, look, okay, you're going to A, you you should really be covered for this. Yep, um, yep. And do you have any pre-existing conditions? Yep, yep. Tell me now because it's going to affect it and it may negate your... And it's worth noting in this day and age when about one quarter of the population at any given time are suffering from mental health challenges Mm. that many insurance policies exclude mental health conditions. Now, I believe there's been a successful case where an insurer was taken to court and was found against for excluding someone on the basis of their mental health. Watch this space. 87% of travellers were uncertain about coverage while 
riding a motorcycle overseas. So really, the the point is, um, have a look at the activities you want to do and consider whether your policy will cover them and whether you still want to do those activities. I think just a note, which is not about insurance, it's probably more common sense based. If you are put in a situation where you feel the operator is not doing things safely mm. or you're scared, like white water yeah, rafting, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe you want to buy out of that activity before um, something happens where whether you're covered or not, you, you're actually in trouble. So last but never least, do consider if you like a drink, if you are allowed to drink in the country you're visiting. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Because if you go Be culturally into jail. aware, everybody. <laughs> Be culturally aware. And Smart Traveller is a fantastic website and you can go on there and log on for updates from the country you're planning to visit. Okay. So I'm keeping an eye on Jordan. Yep. I'd like to go there. So I'd just like to know what the Australian government thinks is the security level. All right. So Kay Fallick's advice is if you're thinking about heading off overseas, whether it be to, to Bali, to Jordan or the US, um, please, please make sure you have comprehensive and correct insurance for your travel and your activities you want to uh, partake in. First port of call, go to Smart Traveller, yeah? Yep. Okay, and, that website and is? And register, smarttraveller.gov.au. And uh, do talk to a, 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 a good travel agent, if you use travel agents, because they will also give you good advice. But please be aware before you travel, otherwise it can really, really come back to bite you on the bottom very, very hard. Exactly. And your policy may not include being bit on the bottom. No, no, it may not cover that at it all. It may not cover that at all. So there's some advice. And again, if you go to yourlifechoices.com.au, if you're not there already, uh, have a look on your website. Where would they go to on the website to uh, see uh, a drop look, down? The travel section has an insurance drop down. As I said, oh, great. Uh, we're very impressed with Smart Traveller and work with them a lot on how to keep our content up to date. Kay Fallick is the publisher of Your Life Choices and Mind Your Own Retirement is this podcast as we head towards the end of uh, number three. But uh, I hope you've got a golden nugget to a leave us nugget. with today. A nugget, a is, nugget is something you didn't know. I didn't know. Go ahead. today. Go ahead. Well, this... Because there's a lot of things I don't know. Well, maybe you know this. I will ask the question, why is the Australian financial year July to June? I would say it's because it gives uh, a chance to review. I mean, if it was at the end of the year, like around Christmas time or the, you know, the 25th of December, it would be a, uh, a problem with all of the whatever. So it's kind of easier to do it in the middle there so they can have a look at, oh, yeah, I don't know. Do you really think this is happening for your benefit, you public citizen? Oh, absolutely. It's all about us, yeah, not... Not. So the Commonwealth Government uh, adopted this new financial year uh, in 1901. Yeah. And the reason 1901. was... 1901. 1901. I remember. The, re <laughs> the reason given for the change was convenience. Not for you, but for Parliament, because it sits during May and June 
and it was difficult to meet in November and December because parliamentarians were probably catching the horse and buggy home for the plum pudding at the end of well, December. Well, slap me across the face with a cod. Okay. I never would have thought that. <laughs> Here it it's comes. all about them and not about us. <laughs> Kay, thank you so much for coming by once again. It's been fun doing this uh, podcast number three and um, we've uh, covered a lot of territory, haven't we? I hope it's been useful and, John, thank you for keeping us so well on track. Kay Fallick is the publisher of Your Life Choices. This has been uh, episode number three of Mind Your Own Retirement. If you'd like to know more and you're not already on the website, do encourage your friends and yourself to go to the website yourlifechoices.com.au and we'll see you next time.